Living Live Seed Bank. We have thousands of different plants here, uh, hundreds of different fruit trees and edible perennials and annual crops. So just, we are a seed bank that we spread the seeds outwards from our farm to others and individuals and we host seed exchanges. So we really like to think of ourselves as seed protectors and spread the seeds wherever we go. So the question is this, how do regenerative-minded change makers like us, who are creating projects designed for environmental wellness, social equity, and the security of future generations, accomplish our missions in ways that maintain our ethics without leaving us struggling to survive? This is the question I designed this podcast to answer. Welcome to Regeneration Nation Costa Rica. I'm your host, Jason Thomas, and I've been exploring innovators around Costa Rica to discover what they're doing to contribute to a regenerative nation. Join me on the journey as we explore who's doing what to bring us toward carbon neutrality and prosperity in a new world that prioritizes regenerative agriculture, business models that value the eight forms of capital, communities designed for local resilience, and government initiatives that prioritize the well-being of the people as well as the planet. In today's episode, we get the privilege of visiting with not one, but two leaders in the regenerative space, Jean Pullen and Alan Cacao. Through their project, Regenerate Your Reality, Jean and Alan have been tirelessly promoting permaculture education, seed propagation, food sovereignty, and community building projects throughout the country. They start the conversation by describing their work educating people at their biodiversity sanctuary in the mountains near Platanillo, up the hill from Dominical. If you schedule a visit to their one-hectare food forest, you'll be welcome to a tour of more than 300 species of food they have planted there, all of which is a living seed bank. We discuss their partnerships with Kiss the Ground and the Jungle Project and how they've been empowering local farmers with a regenerative livelihood, growing syntropic food forests with a focus on the abundantly producing breadfruit tree. With the help of Earth University, INA, which is Costa Rica's National Institute for Learning, and Kiss the Ground, these two life advocates and the rest of their friends at the Jungle Project provide ongoing multi-year technical assistance to small-scale farmers on a variety of organic regenerative practices. The organization's mission is trees, training, and trade. The farming families learn to restore and maintain the ecological health of their farmland in ways that improve their nutrition and their income. This crew is actively seeding a regenerative nation. I'll let them tell you the rest. Here's the interview. Hello and welcome back to Regeneration Nation Costa Rica. I am Jason Thomas and I'm here with two amazing people, Jean Pullen and Alan Cacao of Regenerate Your Reality Farm and Education Center. And uh, you guys are going to hear a lot about what they're doing here as well as in the region and in the nation. Jean is a regenerative lifestyle leader. She's uh, in 2017, she moved to Costa Rica to follow her passion for permaculture, agroforestry and community. Jean is the author of Regenerate Your Reality, a resource for others who wish to join the regenerative movement. And she's a partner with Jungle Project and a soil advocate for Kiss the Ground. Uh, she enjoys sharing her passions through holistic workshops, yoga, and regenerative agriculture tours. Hi, Jean. Hello. Thank you so much for having us on. 
Yeah, it's awesome to have you. And Alan uh, is Gene's partner in a lot of this, and he leads agroforestry consulting, design, and management. He originally uh, studied and became a civil engineer in his country of Mexico, and he's collaborated in a lot of interesting projects here in Costa Rica, Punta Mona, and Essence R and All, where we've uh, interviewed Nico Botifer in the past, and Mystical Yoga Farm in Guatemala. He's also collaborated and lived with various indigenous and agricultural communities. And Alan has planted thousands of trees and permaculture gardens around the area, offering different ceremonies with cacao, sweat lodge and fire ceremonies. And he calls himself a seed protector. And that's his mission in life. So, Alan, thank you also for joining the podcast in this interview. Thank you, Jason, to inviting us and welcome to this beautiful land. And I'm excited to share a little bit of our love and knowledge in this beautiful place. You guys are working together on this project called Regenerate Your Reality. You've got a book by the same name and your farm and education center have that name. You have a fantastic blog with lots of great guest writers, quality content. You're promoting a number of regenerative courses and doing joint ventures with other permaculture teachers and stuff. I love seeing your promotions everywhere. What you're offering is really grassroots and it's also very important and you're provi providing it in a professional manner. So congratulations on what wow. you're doing with Regenerate Your Reality. Thank you so much. It's, it's beautiful because as we plant the trees and we plant the garden, this project has formed and come into form. And it's really a collaboration between nature, ourselves, and, and all of our partners. And how many other people are part of Regenerate Your Reality? We have, we're, we collaborate with uh, a, a few others and we collaborate with different projects. So it's primarily us writing the materials and, and teaching, but we collaborate with many others. Yeah, I see that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, so Regenerate Your Reality, it's a permaculture, agroforestry, and education project. Um, what, what are people's experiences coming to your events, participating in what you're offering? How is it really... You're, 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 you're obviously you're planting a lot of trees and we'll get into that. And also I'd like to hear about the, the social aspects of it because you guys are really harmoniously uh, bringing both the environmental and the social aspects into a lot of what you're doing. So share, share with our listeners and viewers here a little bit about Regenerate Your Reality and how you're touching people's lives. Oh, yes. So I would say that most students and friends and colleagues that come here, they have they come here and see what can be their reality, what is possible. And most families and students come, they know a little bit about regeneration or permaculture, but they wanna dive deep. And we offer permaculture masterclasses, courses, farm to table tours, online courses, webinars, and the book. And it helps spark the seed of inspiration to go out and do it themselves. And we also provide consulting and, and support through um, coaching to really redesign and regenerate their reality. So it's, it's 
a Living Live Seed Bank. We have thousands of different plants here, uh, hundreds of different fruit trees and edible perennials and annual crops. So just we are a seed bank that we spread the seeds outwards from our farm to others and individuals, and we host seed exchanges. So we really like to think of ourselves as seed protectors and spread the seeds wherever we go. Great. Not only the seeds of the plants, but the seeds of information. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alan, do you have anything you want to... Yeah, something of the most important to people coming here is they can see what is the lifestyle. We like to show our mistakes, show our experience, what works for us. But more than anything, we are the life example. Or our life is, is, is what we like to share in our happiness. And I feel in for people... And in this time of the life, we can, there are times when we live in too much to, to screams, you know, to filters. And when you come here, you see how we are. And to me, this is way more important. Like, I don't like to say I'm a teacher. I'm just a, a, a facilitator, a guy that, that show my lifestyle. And that is what inspire people, like authentic people living that. And, and that is for me, uh, the most beautiful to share with, with the people to come here. Great living, yeah, living the example. It's, exactly. It's crucial. It's that crucial. is my life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Yeah, and show people, giving tools to people. I don't like to to resolve the problems of the people. People coming, hey, I want that, I want that. And, and, and uh, professionals do that, you know, professionals, they want to devolve uh, all the project and don't, and, and involve you just the necessary and they want to charge a lot of money but we are not that people we want to to show people the tools we want to people to show fishing not giving the fish right that is for us the most important like giving tools to people to connect with their own land to learning to observe to connect with themselves and the land and to me that's that inspire me no 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 resolve the problems of the people just giving the tools that works for me and my experience and everyone need to go out and found his or solutions do you have an example, Ellen, of, of someone that you've had as a student of some degree who's gone on to uh, make their own project flourish from yeah, the things they've learned with you? Yeah, we have a couple examples of friends that are coming here and they're starting different farms. Uh, now are like even selling products in the market and yeah, there are, like, there are a couple of friends um, even here in Tinamaste or in the Caribbean too, that are like that are, we touch with our with our project and they just realize that hey we want plants because when they come in here they want plants that we sharing our plants and they come in and they get inspired and even before us start a product in the market like that is like wow you know like that is just incredible like uh, we have a, a friend like for example Jackson like he was one to come here and he's like ah like we almost at the same time we start our projects uh, maybe you know Jackson, he was selling Tina Master Market and he just come here and he see all these amazing plants and, and he get inspired with all what we're doing and he, he takes plants over there and he start his whole project and, and now he's selling successfully in the market, like even before us. And he's like, and I'm like, congratulations, you know, like it's, that is to me what makes me happy. It's so rewarding. We have so much to teach and you know, people like us are creators and just want to share what we have. We can share and share and share. And it's always just so special and encouraging and nourishing to see somebody 
actually take that and take the actions and do the great ideas and make it manifest. So that's awesome. You're seeing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful to see that the ripple is real when we start with our own project, our own our own community. And then we see that ripple outwards to the, the communities and the the mycelium network is running. And it's so exciting to see that so many people are in action. Yeah, and it's a kind of a numbers game. You got to reach as many people as possible because there's always just a percentage of people that are going to consume information as entertainment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the smaller percentage of people that are really ready to to take it and do something with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys are reaching a lot of people. It's great. Yeah. Tell me about one of the uh, one of the kind of more successful or fulfilling workshops or events or education pieces you guys have done. Yeah, so we primarily are two offerings that we do almost monthly and we see different students and friends and colleagues come in is for our permaculture masterclass. And we do that here where we will go through each sector of the permaculture farm here. We'll walk the grounds, we'll pass out cuttings, we'll sniff and smell, learn a little bit about herbalism and get a crash course all about permaculture and regenerative living. And our second offering that is really amazing is a farm to table lunch. And that is just a tour of what we're doing here and how to regenerate their reality, harvest along the way, and then have a lunch together and talk about how they can implement these designs into their own life and regenerate their reality. That's awesome. So people are coming out here. How often do you have these lunches? It, so it's spontaneous. We have a Airbnb experience that some clients come through and then a lot of just word of mouth and people reading the book, reach out, wanting to come in for a lunch. Other times we might, during the January, February months, we sometimes do a weekly tour after the Tinamaste market just kind of depends on the season and also um, how people are finding us and trying to consolidate the the classes into a, a couple a month. Great. And then the uh, the larger tour program you're offering, is that a day trip also? Yeah, it's a day trip. It includes uh, learning about our permaculture design and agroforestry systems, annual crops, the greenhouse, the nursery, and then we go to the waterfalls that are really nearby and and have a a lunch as well. Awesome. So Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. It's most people that come are like, wow, it's possible. I didn't even know this could exist. And it it just inspires them to go out into the world and recreate their own design of what their heart's fancy is. Yeah, those experiences are, are crucial. I know for me and my whole journey of becoming who I've become, I spent years just having those experiences in different people's farms, you know, visiting permaculture farm after intentional community, after weekend workshop. And, you know, over a lot of those years, I largely did work trade to be able to attend these things. And so I was learning on the, you know, on hands-on learning and this kind of thing. And it's just tremendous. It wasn't, 
I mean, I was learning permaculture for a decade before I ever really had a piece of education around like a formal book or, or teaching on it. So yeah, these, these pieces, these embodied experiences are crucial for changing people's lives in ways they don't even remember. They find themselves doing something they learned and they almost sometimes forget where they picked it up because it's become normalized in their life. Like, of course I prune my plants this way and chop and drop them on the soil. That's just how you're supposed to do it. But it was the experience of having somebody be like, look how smart this is. Like, we don't have to collect it and throw it in a compost pile and make compost and bring it back. You could just put it right here. And you're like, oh yeah, of course. So um, yeah, right on. Alan, have you, um, you've been part of some other projects before Regenerate Your Reality. You're part of Punta Mona and Essence R&R &All and uh, Mystical Yoga Farm. Were in those projects, were you part of kind of putting on any kind of educational experiences where people were coming in? Yeah, I've been part of um, manager, like, uh, and sometimes I start like, like farm manager and I finish like main manager many times breaching uh, the locals with the owners, with the, volu the volunteers, they come from other countries or hosting even retreats for permaculture or even yoga, try to breaching people to nature. Um, yeah, I've been really interesting and even in sometimes co-teaching or assistant workshops and uh, for example, in Punta Mona, there is a really nice uh, permaculture design course with Stephen Brooks and Itai, and I many times they they talk me, hey, come and teach in a workshop with us or a class with us. And just many times I be co-teaching workshops with them. And another times I I been like just giving workshops to 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 people, maybe in yoga classes, yoga retreats. We try to to involve the yogis to to ground it into the earth and not just getting in this airy space. And I'm like, hey, people like still planting a garden together. And that is really cool. Like see everyone, a part of this earth, uh, life is work with the land is a big healer uh, or mother earth is have so many answers and a lot of healing and work with seeds is on a meditation already. This is yoga is like in everywhere. Just to me, like mystical yoga, it's another beautiful project. Essence Arenal was my first project in Costa Rica. But I even, I started like a civil engineer in Mexico, but I realized that I don't like to, to be part of the system. It's a corruption system, public or private is always corruption. And I realized, no, I want to do bamboo buildings. And I found myself traveling in Mexico, learning with artisans and indigenous groups, how to building with bamboo and clay. And after I found an amazing permaculture project, maybe the most bigger that I was, and I was supposed to volunteer for two months and I finished two years volunteer in a project that I was like volunteer for two years. You finish, be the son of the project. You've been like a project when you are volunteer, assistant, and sometimes facilitator and everything. You do everything. And that was my, my point of inflection learning in permaculture, have so much knowledge about building and plants. And, and, but when I really uh, start to living in this project is when my life changed and I start to create this massive network. And at some moment I say like Costa Rica is like come to my life. And, 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 and Mexico was like, that project was already all established. And after have all this knowledge content, I say, I need to share it, this knowledge with more people in the world. And I, and I come here like, because Nico invited me 
um, from SSR now, and now you start to be the manager of the farm and I start to establish plans and life just bring me to different countries. And I found myself like Costa Rica, my country, and they have a big diversity of plants like for the country. I never found any country in the world with that diversity of plants for meter squares and, and microclimates. It's just incredible place to, to live in and, and, and grow food like any else in the world. Definitely is. And actually the network of people. is so many farms, it's so many uh, permaculture, it's so many friends that are in, 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 the, in, 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 the, uh, in the move. And you go markets, these markets everywhere. When you found someone, when you found friends that you meet before in projects and convergence, and it's just a small country with a, with a strong move. Yeah. Fabulous. The uh, yeah, the, the the embodied experience of volunteering for two years at a program is definitely something that has to change the the course of your life for sure. It's awesome you found your way down here to the Southern Zone and we've been able to connect a couple of times here. Yeah. Um, with, with Regenerate Your Reality, uh, um, you're supporting a lot of different projects, but one thing that I've seen come up a lot in your posts is work you're doing with Jungle Project. And you described Jungle Project's mission as trees training and trade. And I love that. Uh, it's, I think it's, uh, we were talking about this earlier, it's a really... You know, the, when I had the revelation that if we want to convince our neighbors to stop using agrochemicals and monocropping, we have to encourage them to plant diversity of trees. We need to train them how to do it. And ultimately, we have to give them a reason to do it beyond altruism because their cows, coffee and bananas are paying their bills. Right. And so the um, the trade aspect of that is is crucial. And uh, I really admire what Jungle Project has been doing in um, getting that beginning trade route of its chief product, which is a unique one, uh, the breadfruit. And so um, just kind of give an overview of what Jungle Project is doing and your participation in it. Yeah. Yeah. I So I met Jungle Project five years ago and Alan probably eight years ago. And I'm a partner at Jungle Project and I'm, I help li be a liaison between our fiscal sponsor, Kiss the Ground, and the farmers. And I'm helping expand the the program trees training and trade to more farmers and reach more farmers. There's three uh, co-founders of jungle project, Diana, Gustavo and Paul, and two of which are from Costa Rica. And the project started over seven years ago. And our first pilot project was in 2016, where we had 13 farming families that we introduced to agroforestry systems. There was a few farmers that already had cacao and were growing cacao and a few other crops, but they had not integrated breadfruit. So we at Jungle Project believe in agroforestry systems replacing our monoculture crops and think the only way to do it is by being an example 
with small scale local farmers that are the farmer leaders. Farmers are our heroes. And so it's really exciting because we feel like breadfruit could be the gluten-free flour of the future and present because it's uh, like a, a cantaloupe size fruit that grows on a tree that can feed one family for life and meet all its carbohydrate needs. And it grows for over 70 years. And one tree planted produces babies, like offspring, a whole, like planting one tree, you plant a whole breadfruit food forest. And we're seeing that the farmers are really happy in this growing agroforestry with breadfruit, cacao, bananas, and other crops. They're economically prospering. Their families are sovereign. They usually have a second job. It's just exciting to see that agroforestry and edible food gardens are replacing our what we see monocrop in the world and we need more of it. We need more regenerative projects and to see small scale farmers all acting as a collective and, and us helping be a network to share knowledge together with collective trainings, field trainers coming out and teaching the different farming communities practices on pest control organic agriculture, different bio inputs. It's just really exciting. So how many uh, small farmers or families do you imagine are uh, currently providing products for a jungle project? Yeah, so we have one generation of farming families, 13 different farming families that have gone through four or five years of training and growing breadfruit agroforestry systems. And they now we're buying back the breadfruit. We buy back 80% of the breadfruit that is produced by these farming families and then make it into a breadfruit flour or a product for the local markets and international markets. And then we have just this last year, we were able to raise enough funds through Kiss the Ground, Alter Eco is a is a um, amazing organization, Rotary Club International, and a few other grants that came in to help us expand this program to another 13 farming families this year. So we planted, awesome. yeah, it's so exciting. We planted 800 breadfruit trees and 5,000 companion plants in those 13 new family farms. And next year we have another planting with those farms with cacao and other support plants. Yeah, I love this method. I, it's, it's, I, I think it's vital. It's vital for us to really get large scale transition among the general population who's not already sold on organic permaculture methods of land care is to, yeah, make it economically viable for them to do the transition. So it's a fabulous model. It's so exciting to hear that you guys are doubling your impact this year. That's that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. it couldn't be possible without the power of collaboration through all of our partners within Costa Rica and internationally. 
and all the farming families that just are taking that leap, but have seen through the first 13 farming families that this is economically viable. This is improving the environment that they, that we live in. And it's also just regenerating their entire, their family structure through becoming sovereign, food sovereign. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. And Alan, in the projects you've worked on, have you been in, uh, besides uh, maybe your help with um, what you guys are doing here now, have you been involved with any kind of um, growing food for market type oh. practices or activity? Mm, yes, and uh, in sometimes we, I've been like involved with some friends in a community called Gandoka that is uh, close to Punta Mona. And these guys, they already grow food, like grow his other crops. And just to remember that in, in Costa Rica, like, like there was already like polycultives, there was already agroforestry and way more in the Caribbean because the Caribbean have a really strong cultures from all the Afro-Caribbeans people to come in, all the native tribes. And it's just to know that they really come to ruin, to really damage the, all these links in people is the banana plantations, the monocrops and the green revolution and pesticides that come to change totally the economy of the families and the people. Because sometimes we talk about all these concepts, but these concepts already, they are like, they are, they are like part of the grandpa. The grandpas already in these areas, they was growing so many like agroforestry systems that we don't need like that hundreds of diversity of varieties there. Like, like they have coconut, pejibayes, breadfruit. If you go to the history of Puerto Viejo in the Caribbean, like they have a massive breed breadfruit in the middle of the town that is was feeding a lot of the people. And now the majority of the breadfruit trees, they're coming from that tree. This is just about remember, like we need to think about, like we don't come with something new. We don't try to discover the line, the, 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 the new things. It's just remember what is in the past. What are the good practice of the past with the best of the future, with the best of the present? This is to me what we need to remember. We don't come to teaching anything. We just come to remember people. There is a better way, a most conscious way and, and the love for the land, the love for farming. And come back to your, your, your question. Yeah, we're we doing, we're helping some of the local guys in this community. There are some of these guys, they work at Punta Mona and this community are growing rice, are growing even flour, even growing his cacao. Because we're trying to bridge them, these communities with the markets in Puerto Viejo, that the, the, the local market, the organic market in Puerto Viejo. And thus I've been trying to helping them, breaching them, and even like, uh, yeah, show them some practice that we're doing in Punta Mona and, 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 and trying to like show them, hey, you can like, don't use this product and try that. Those people observing what we're doing in Punta Mona and they start to repl replicate in, in this league community. And now there are some of these products are at the, at the market in, in, in Puerto Viejo and, and, and another thing with the, talking back to the jungle project, that is not just the, the, the beginning was not the, the, the farmers 
Like, this is the most important part, like the, the, the old pilot project. But before, they, they studied all the breadfruits. There was already the first products, the first breadfruit that the project, like, buy. This was for farmers that already have breadfruit. There was, like, a guy that he was working for the project that he studied all the breadfruit trees around the country. So the first products of breadfruit, they're already from trees that it was already in Costa Rica. And remember that breadfruit come with the agro, with the Afro-Caribbean communities. And it's popular there, but like more tourists, they come and more globalization come. They, breadfruit and pejibaye, even pipas, they lost the the popularity in, in, the, in the people. And now like, we uh, people looking for potatoes, for carrots, project like high aerotoxic products. And it's just remember, and us, we come to these beautiful lands, it's part of our responsibilities, come back and make popular, consume these products and make it popular. To me, that is essential. Oh yeah, I've become a pehibai addict. Yeah. I eat a couple of kilos of pehibai every <laughs> week almost. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I'd like to touch on in um, the work that maybe Jungle Project is doing, and maybe you've done a little bit of this with your work with Regenerate Your Reality, is in the training and the helping these grassroots population who are like, you know, they're, they're relatively maybe computer resistant or um, marketing resistant and things like this. Um, what what kinds of things do you feel have worked to help bridge these people with a sense of comfort in engaging in finance and organizational systems and really bringing themselves out of the, I just want to touch the land uh, place to, I would like to engage with the national or local or international marketplace? Is there anything in your training that's been helpful yeah. to bridge these people? So part of our training with Jungle Project is how to bring some of the um, agroforestry products to their local market. So we look at value added. We do trainings with the farmers on how to create value added products and sell them within the local markets. And I training is such an important aspect of planting trees because many organizations just go plant a tree and then don't have oversight of how, how that tree's developing, if it's making it, if there has been given love and care. And trees do need love and care, especially if they are going to fruit. And we see that the training program has been very successful. We're seeing that the first through the first generation of farming families, those are those families are becoming farmer leaders in the community and they've created cooperatives within within Pehibaya where um, one of our farming communities is attracting another hundred farmers wanting to go regenerative and um, we're seeing that the ripple of the first farming family is is really powerful and they're becoming farmer leaders and train the trainers. And it's it's really important to have that piece of how to how to be bring that product to market. And 
that is a piece of the training along with all of the technical training on care for the trees and right and bio inputs and such yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, something alan you were just talking about the organic market in puerto viejo and uh, another one of uh, my previous guests is peter kring who's one of the founders of that market and that was a big topic for us too you know he was like he was he mentioned something that really hit me where he said like if you want to impact your neighbors if you want your neighbors to care about what you're doing uh, enough to do it themselves show them that it can make money you know it, it really it really makes a difference for 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 that and and it's there there there's a few things that we can bring you know, and one of them is a bridge to an existing market. Exactly. You know, Peter went another step and he created the organic, co-created the organic association that now farmers can have that association uh, certify a specific plot of their land as being part of the association's growing and they certify it as being checked out and so forth. Um, but as a result, these people as part of the association, now they have a place to bring it. And they've, they, they can bring it and they don't have to worry about the marketing and the selling and the packaging because they've got somebody else in that association's team that is operating the marketing for the FEDIA, for the market to bring people in. And um, yeah, yeah, these bridges, these, these, um, these bridges, cultural bridges, it's really a cultural bridge between the land management community and the you know, marketing or outreach part of the community. And um, that's something that really caught my interest when I first heard about Jungle Project is that it includes that. And the the training it's doing with the farmers, is there, are they doing more just one-on-one training with uh, people? Are they doing like local group trainings on? Yeah, it's local group training. So we have two primary farming communities, one near uh, Limon, and one in Torrealba. And so the farmers are near each other. Sometimes we bring all the farmers together and we bring them to Earth University where um, Earth University is one of our partners. We have a a demonstration project there that Gustavo Angulu, one of the co-founders started when he was at university. So it's a great training ground. So sometimes we bring all the farmers there and other times we do group trainings, mostly in the field. We have in the field trainings where we're, it's hands-on, we're making bio, in, bio inputs, we're demonstrating how to properly care for the breadfruit trees, trim the breadfruit trees, and we're doing it hands-on at one of the farms. All the farmers come. And sometimes we also have um, farming family celebrations where all the kids come. We play music and we have a meal together and we just celebrate the planting of the trees and all of our partners come to that all of our all of our collaborators in the country um, come and it's really a beautiful thing to see the power of collaboration yeah yeah it's the only way we're going to get to the where we're going. The only way forward. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talking about uh, governments and associations, like uh, actually she forget mentioned that is this national organization called INA. 
INA is the Institute of Learning, National Institute of Learning, and they have a campus in Cartago that is specific for organic agriculture that the leader or the director is uh, Fabian Pacheco. Fabian Pacheco is also the, he created the green block uh, that is a resistant versus pesticides, mines and petroleum. And he's really friend with us too. Um, they teaching when you get a group of farmers in Costa Rica and they want to learn in organic agriculture, you can talk with the INA and the INA will send you, uh, if you have a number of farmers that are locals, the INA will send you uh, teachers, special teachers to teaching you about organic agriculture. And they even sent a bus to, uh, to, to bring you to the campus back to learning in his laboratory. Does wow. this, is, is help. The government, there are some organizations that are governmentals, like the INA, that is helping them. We just need to organize. But the help is there. Like and and, and even it's nice because they give in a paper, they, they recognize, they certificate. There are people, there are like people that are certificate, farmers, there are simple people, like people probably they don't even finish the college, but they are certificate of organic agriculture and that and that guys can even go and now showing and teaching another people. And it's, it's the effect is the, the, the effect is happening. The, the, the replay is happening even here in Costa Rica. Um, because I, it's really important to mention that that is happened too with jungle project that we have the super even from the government to do like, a, because in sometimes it's really easy to talk bad, like, oh, the government is just helping the big companies and, and the monocultives. But actually there is another part of the government that if we look them and if we focus can, can be helped too. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually um, maybe spilling a little bit here, the, the, the news, but I'm uh, preparing an online summit for early next year. And uh, one of the desires I have with this summit is to create a place where regenerative leaders around the country can come and share what they're doing, much like we're doing here and how people can be involved. But in one place where we've got grassroots and government and NGO projects all together in the same weekend, talking about what they're doing so that we can learn from each other and know what's happening at these different levels, because they, they in many degrees want to interlace and connect and support each other, but there's still a bit of a dis distance between the grassroots and the industry level or government level projects that I think is, uh, I guess, very, very much why I've rebranded the podcast to what I have to focus on the collective of these efforts and really make that effort to bridge more of these projects. So yeah, what they're doing, and, and I've, I've known about programs like this, and it's one of the things that gave me a lot of faith to go this path, because I know that there's so much government support for regenerative movements here. I think one of the big problems is just that a lot of people don't know they exist or how to apply for them. And that's one of the things I'm really looking to unpack over the coming year. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So with um, the you, you mentioned Kiss the Ground as being like a fiscal partner and tell us a little bit about Kiss the Ground and what they're up to and how they're interplaying and what you're doing with yeah. the project. I Kiss the Ground is an amazing organization and it's located in California, but they have a 
amazing regenerative movement that they've been inspiring others to get involved in regeneration. In the United States, there's Regenerate America, where they're trying to inspire the next politicians to support regenerative agriculture and get different ranchers and and people maybe practicing conventional agriculture to transition. So there's a transition program going on with training and, and farmers in the United States. And then just two years ago, uh, regen- uh, just two years ago, Kiss the Ground released Kiss the Ground, the movie. And that has been watched by millions and millions of people. And Kiss the Ground has packaged that movie into a 45-minute educational segment for schools. So now students are learning all over the world in many different languages about about the regenerative movement, how to nourish our connection to nature, how soil is our common ground. And I took a soil advocacy training with Kiss the Ground and we started at Jungle Project learning about Kiss the Ground and being like, "This this is a partner that we really want to nourish. And we became fiscal sponsors with Kiss the Ground three years ago. And Kiss the Ground helps get the word out there about Jungle Project. We partner in the regenerative movement and a lot of our grants come through Kiss the Ground and then come to the farmers through um, the training programs and such. And also Kiss the Ground is just a really inspiring organization that has inspired so many people to think about our choices and conscious consumption, to think about where our food comes from. And it's inspired us. It's inspired millions of people through the movie, through the media channel and outlet. And that soil is our common ground. We need to regenerate our soils to regenerate our bodies and our minds. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. So your work with becoming a soil advocate with Kiss the Ground is something that you're basically, seems like you're you're using regenerate your reality and the activities you're doing here as as the platform to practice that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Just practicing soil advocacy and through our education, through our blog, our, through the book, it is, Kiss the Ground actually really inspired me to even just start putting my writings out there. And so um, it inspired me to write this book and to start to express my, my own voice in the regenerative movement. So it seems uh, with the projects that you're involved with, um, the Jungle Project is uh, happening amidst the farmers and you're distributing the, the main product of Jungle Project is the breadfruit flour, correct? That's the yes, main product. Yes, it's breadfruit flour. Is, so there's two arms to Jungle Project. Uh, one is the social side and one is the, um, the, the for-profit side and non-profit side. And the for-profit side is is 
producing the product of breadfruit flour and different value-added products. And then the social side is cultivating the training and tra- training and trees for the farmers. Okay. And if there were anyone here that wanted to get involved with that as either a consumer or a provider, what, what kind of, how would they be able to do that? Yeah. So if you want to buy breadfruit flour, you can contact us at team at jungleproject.com. And if you want to become a farmer, we are right now focusing in these two communities. I mentioned Limon and Torialba because it's it's easier for us to consolidate the trainings in that area. Um, our goal is that these this model of education can be replicated all over the tropics because breadfruit and agroforestry systems is something that is already happening all over the tropics. But to have breadfruit replace something like wheat <laughs> and monocrop, that just could be amazing. And we see Jungle Project growing through all the tropical nations. And we are currently working on partnerships in other countries to start at grassroots levels with farming families there. But we are, we've started in Costa Rica because that's, that's where we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's plenty of place to grow breadfruit here for sure. Yes. And uh, you also mentioned that you have a recipe book for using the breadfruit flour. Yes. Yeah, we have 12 amazing recipes, many of them developed by Diana Chavez, uh, co-founder of, of Jungle Project. And we've collected other amazing recipes from chefs in the country. We've also been experimenting with breadfruit for the last five years ourselves. We're actually going to have breadfruit tortillas for lunch today. You awesome. say you'll test them out. Yay. Um, it's our, it's one of, it's a staple in our diet. And so, yeah, we can share that recipe book with you and you can find um, breadfruit frozen at Hinka Foods store in San Jose, and you can find breadfruit flour being distributed in different markets in Costa Rica. And mostly we're selling wholesale. Um, we, ha- we haven't distributed on a individual level. We have in the past. We are just not in this moment right now, but that is our plan is to get breadfruit flour in the people in Costa Rica and internationally replacing it from a gluten, uh, wheat flour, we replacing wheat with breadfruit. Awesome. So maybe along with uh, a link to where people can find that recipe book, we can also share some resources like places they can order the flour from. Yeah. We can put that all together for the listeners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then, so that's the jungle project and Kiss the Ground is basically the financial partner. So there's like, as far as being involved with that, definitely, if anyone has not seen this documentary yet, it's it's just gorgeous, uh, really captures the carbon sequestering uh, picture really well and uh, the reasons why as well as how. So definitely recommend the, the documentary. Um, is Kiss the Ground, do they have anything else going on in the country besides their partnership with... Jungle Project? Well, I know that 
a few of the representatives from Kiss the Ground are coming to Envision Festival okay. and speaking there. And oh, great. we'll be on a few panels with Jungle Project and Kiss the Ground will be on a panel together. And so they are, they're actively in the regenerative movement in Costa Rica. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. And then coming to Regenerate Your Reality, how uh, you guys have your, your lunches and you have your uh, farm day, farm tour days. Uh, how else can people get involved with what you're providing through Regenerate Your Reality? Yeah, a great start would be to join our, our webinar series. It's a free webinar series that we do a couple times of the year, maybe every other month. It just depends on the cycle of the year where we bring on a, a guest and we talk about a subject of regeneration, whether it's um, we had Scott Gallant, who talked about permaculture design. We talked about seed preservation. And we have 12 episodes that are very educational and free on our website. So you can watch those webinars. You can buy the ebook or the physical copy of the book. Um, and also, you can just come in and visit our educational center here through a farm to table tour. We have online courses and in-person courses. All right. Um, tell us a little bit about your online courses. What are you What are you providing there? Yeah, with our online courses, it's a regeneration guide to becoming a regenerative leader. So, um, helping transition people to regenerate their reality through their mind, their body, and the earth, and different tools and techniques to become a regenerative leader and to implement this lifestyle into everyday life. Uh-huh. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. What about you, Alan? Do you have any invitations for our listeners to get involved with uh, things that you've either doing now or have been passionate about in your, in your years here? Yeah, of course. Like, uh, what we are doing here is, uh, is even, like, try to link the local community because uh, when we come to this land, many of my neighbors are like, hey, you can grow food down there. Don't, like, this is not grow. Like they kind of all moving from this area. There was like forest. Later they transitioned in cattle land and many people don't believe you can grow food. And us doing all this project and growing food, we kind of start to change the perception of the, of the, of the local guys. Um, um, and, and inspiring it and someone's are coming and hey, uh, I, I even like, I like to be so generous more with the people to can afford things like, uh, and many of locals, neighbors coming and they see the garden, I giving at free tours and later I tell, I give him plants for free. Like take this plant, take this plant. I give you fruit trees, take fruit trees. Like I, I, I'm love to be generous with people and sharing with the people to kind of fork, you know, like, and with the, and actually with our consultings, I mean, like actually doing consultings, people come here in our permaculture masterclass and they are bring his maps and they bring his projects and we helping them. Uh, and some other people asking us, Hey, you can come to our land and helping me because some people even buy lands and with bunch of fruit trees and they don't even know what they have. This is, this, and sometimes it's important to people know even what they have and, and, and connect with this land. 
And in sometimes they need guidance at the beginning and later they can just run themselves and, and, and even link with the locals too, because that is really important. And I feel like it's something that needs to, to happening is like don't creating sustainable projects. People always talk about sustainability, sustainability, but I feel like sustainability is an old concept because it's just sustain yourself. And in and, and permaculture, you don't sustain yourself because sustain yourself is just a closed system. And in nature, it's no closed systems. Like, like every closed system tends to disappear, to collapse. When we talk about sustainability, no, we want to talk about regeneration because regeneration links, links. It's an open system that they try is to share and links your all your neighborhood or your community. And it's not just like soil, animals, birds, but also people. And in sometimes I feel in something that he, that is forgiven is like, people moving to Costa Rica and they creating just these compact communities that, oh, we just are here. We just meet together and we are just like, uh, they are uh, crossing groups. And I feel like that is not even sustainable or is not even regenerative. It's just sustainable. We sustaining like our community here, but like you want to tend to disappear because we are all together here. And we should link every every person, every local, even if his culture, if his religion is different. I feel like we all are passionate about food. We are like, we can, we can, there are so many things that are segregated, like religion, in sometimes colors, culture, language. But at the end of the day, we all eat food. And that is for me, the, we need to focus and how we can all great food, uh, eat food and how we can share seats because for me, like the, the, the one of the most important events that we are doing is the seed exchange. Because when is when like like locals they are growing food and they're farming, they can go and sharing his knowledge, sharing and, and they can feel in, we are important for the community. And that is feeling is the most important in the communities. We we giving so much importance to the shaman, to the musician, to the artist, to the healers. But to me, it's like, hey. How many times a year you need a healer? How many times a year you need a doctor? How many times you need an injured? How many times you need an architect? Maybe once a year, maybe every three years, maybe five years. But a farmer, you need every day of your life, you need a farmer. Farmers are part of our life, are giving the importance and, and, and recognize them to me is the most important. Because to me, this seeds exchange is the place when the locals, they feeling important. They are the stars. Just like in, like uh, promote these events and, and, and need to be six chains in everywhere. Every community, every town, every area of Costa Rica need to have six change because the farmers need to be back to be popular, need to be recognized. Them. To me, that is probably the most important with the project that we're doing is like actually that part, like uh, recognize who they are, the farmers in the area and recognize them and telling, hey, sharing seats with them, sharing knowledge with them is what they want to change this, this work. And us that we come from another place that is not our country, we need to respect his culture, but actually like found what they can link together. And in the end of the day, it's food, it's seats. To me, it's that and markets. Organic markets everywhere, organic markets in every, in every community, in every town, like 
that is what can make make the change. Like in sometimes we want to thinking bigger, but like we can for, we can start bigger if we are forgetting like what is around us and our communities. Awesome. Thanks. That's that's really and there's this there's a part of me that's like one of my like inner beings. I had a little tear coming down its face, you know, just like Huh, when you when you're talking about how we we revere all these other professions that we only need once in a while and we end up paying them more because we're paying them to be available for that once in a while we need them and the people we're paying daily we pay less because they're having you know by some other measure a regular input from us but uh yeah it's the 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 perceived value is so unfortunately um, not in alignment with the importance to our vitality. And that's definitely something that uh, many of us, many of us would like to see shift. I think this idea of um, encouraging farmers to take on a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and do something other than just growing mass quantities of a raw product for a commercial distribution channel that's going to buy them at the lowest commodity price and give the entrepreneurial training, the, the insight to be able to step back from this mass production of a commodity good to just give in truckloads to some where that's exporting it and really in ingraining the trust the sense of trust to shift that model into diversification and at least take a portion of their monocrop farm you don't have to do it all at once but let's take a hectare and let's try some different methods let's diversify and let's with before we do that plan it so we know that what we grow is going to produce into something that's going to have a 10x value or a 100x value because we dehydrated it and pulverized it or whatever the other processing method is and so yeah this entrepreneurial training for the farmers i think is one of the greatest gifts that we can give as cultural bridges who've had the 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 blessing the fortune the the fortune to learn these entrepreneurial ideas and techniques and mindsets and offer them to the people that you know there's some i find there's a lot of the foreigners in this country that are actually rejecting the business world but there's a lot of the locals here that want to know more about it they're not rejecting it they're like great this is all I know. I was told if I grow this and take it to the, the receiving place, I'll get money. Teach me something else. Give me that kind of promise. I'll do it. I want it. My chemical fertilizers are not working. My coffee is not producing the way it was. The soil's gone. We know. Um, please share with us the ideas that are working, right? So yeah, I think that's uh, it's really great. And, and then... On the other side, those that are, you know, pushing away uh, maybe some of the business side of it, they want to know more about the the intimacy of the seed exchange, of the seed protection. You know, it was one thing that I learned a lot 
in the difference between having a seed bank, like a shelf or a refrigerator filled with seeds, and then having what you guys have here, this living seed bank that anytime you want to share something with somebody, you go outside and you take a cutting or you take a seedling or a, a plant or a tree or a graft of something and you can share that. And so your seed bank never, it's not perishable at that point. It's a regenerative seed bank. Um, I, I really love this quality and, and being able to share with more people uh, how they can do this. And also, yeah, for anybody listening, like if you live in a community where you, you try to look and there's no seed exchanges in your area, in your neighborhood, make it happen. Just what a great community. I love seed exchanges. They're like, they're, I mean, sometimes they happen at a farmer's market, which is great to co-use that space and sometimes they're on non-market days we're we're actually not here to do a bunch of commerce we're here to have a free seed exchange and the turnout for these is amazing and it's so rich and people aren't distracted with what they're trying to buy while they're there for the few hours that they are from the conversations they're trying to happen these seed exchanges are about learning from each other oh thanks for the seed no what do I do with it? What's its best conditions? How can I increase its chance of surviving? Is there anything else that I should plant with it? Like these are just the deeper, more meaningful conversations that are happening at these seed exchanges. So I'm really glad that you invited people to do this and, and uh, celebrating the, the power of that as being a fundamental, less celebrated part of this community of regeneration, one of the pieces in the puzzle that um, is really primary to the regenerative quality of what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think we are coming to about the end of our conversation here. Before I do, let's, uh, let's tell the listeners precisely where they can find what you're doing and be involved. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here and listening and being part of this regenerative movement. We have so much hope because of listeners like you and collaborators, and we're all in this together. You can find us at regenerateyourreality.com, at jungleproject.com. You can donate through um, Ways of Giving at Jungle Project. You can find our courses at Regenerate Your Reality and you can find uh, soil advocacy at kisstheground.com. And we have a few articles that we've published there and Jungle Projects published there. And there's just so many great resources out there that are just available at your fingertips. But most of all, we learn from nature and just by doing it and getting our hands in the soil and just start through your own actions yeah and i would like to give in a last talk uh, that come to my mind um we can see like all the diversity and that you can see in 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 this work um seats are part of fundamental of our diversity and many times people ask me like where how i can like save my seats how i can save the life of my seats and i'm like like and one of my more old teachers, more uh, Jairo Restrepo, he tell like where are the seats are the most protect place is in the pocket of a farmer. 
Why? Because it's going to be always planted. Like it's important to keep it planted in the seed. Like you can always protect for years, weeks, months there, but we are in the tropics. Humidity is big. You need a special place. The best way is keep it grow it, keep it grow it, keep it grow it. And you can see we are animals too. And if you look at how like any animal, any animal birds are seed protectors for nature. They eat seeds, they propagate seeds. You never see any animal keeping seeds. They're always moving the seeds. That is the, that create diversity in this world. Because I, I just encourage people to, to be a seed protectors, but actually planting them. Yeah, gracias, thanks. Thank you yeah. guys. Amazing. Thank you, it's been a treat. And it looks like the weather's holding up. Yes. So we're going to get a YouTube video out of this, a farm tour video. Yes. Um, you guys have a super intensive growing uh, scene here. I, we'll, we'll talk more about it in that video. But uh, yes. you guys have a very impressive what you can do with a couple acres or a hectare of land. And uh, just go ahead and give a primer about how many different species of edible foods do you think you have mm. here, roughly? Uh, fruits, bueno, we have around more than 100 varieties of fruits, just fruits. But like, like I don't know, maybe like if you take medicinal plants, uh, edible roots and greens, probably we are on our 300 maybe, 300 kind of different edible plants here in the land that we've been collecting from all Costa Rica. And that is like, that's what I telling you, Costa Rica is a big, big seed bank alive and we just need to keep it like linking and, and, and yeah. Okay, so we're gonna get a tour of your seed bank. Yay. Let's do it. Fabulous, thanks guys. I love the way my life surrounds me with amazing people like this. As Alan put it, connecting with the earth is our first medicine. It's one worth practicing daily. Participating in a world where the color green is ever out your window and the sounds of birds and insects are perpetually punctuating the periphery of your awareness. For me, that's the life I wanna live. It's the one I wanna participate in preserving and passing on to my grandchildren as well. I love the moment when all three of us were relating to the transformative power we're gifted with when we embody the experience of volunteering or interning at a permaculture center. You become a product of that project. It changes your life forever. I was impressed to learn that the Jungle Project is rewarding partner farms by buying 80% of the fruit they produce. Their mission is to substitute grains in people's diet with breadfruit. Changing people's habits can be a long road, but it doesn't stop them from walking it. After the interview, I had the pleasure of trying Alan's handmade breadfruit tortillas with the abundant garden salad we all shared. The tortillas were delicious. They had a very agreeable texture. I think they have a shot. If you'd like to learn more from Gene and Alan, check out Regenerate Your Reality's website and the permaculture webinars they've created. You can find Gene's book there as well. That's what I got for you this time. If you liked the episode, pass it on to a friend. If you're hearing the show for the first time, subscribe to Regeneration Nation Costa Rica wherever you find podcasts. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and most other players. I have several links waiting for you in the show notes, including breadfruit flower recipes and where you can order it from. You can find the show notes on our website. Have a fantastic day, and the next time you have a friend over to visit, consider gifting them some seeds. <laughs>